So we're going to ask a question, what do these stones mean? Verse number 4 of Joshua 4, Joshua called together the 12, and you see here he calls together 12 men whom had prepared the children of Israel out of every tribe a man. So uh, here they are, they, they, uh, they have these 12 folks that have been gathered across, and when the Jordan waters were were cut off, and uh, what is it that we're told that they were told to do, and where, where is it they were, were told, and I want you to notice what happens here. Joshua said to him in verse number 5, Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan, and take ye up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you that when you call your children... Uh, when your that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, "What mean ye by these stones? What do you mean by by these stones?" And uh, when it uh, when the Jordan waters, the Jordan uh, when the waters of the Jordan were cut off, the stones are to be a, a memorial to the people of Israel forever. We could drop down into verse number nineteen and. And you begin to see the, the picture that takes place. And when the people came out out of the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month and camped in Gilgal in the east border of Jericho, and those twelve stones which they took out of the Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these stones? Then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over the Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until ye were passed over as the Lord your God did in the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over, that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that ye fear the Lord your God forever. Forever. Joshua said... God's commanded us to pick 12 men from Israel when we cross. Take a stone out of the midst of Israel. And of course, in order for them to do that, God had to perform a miracle by drying up the riverbed. Now, that's just exciting in and of itself, the drying up the Jordan. And, uh, but uh, as they were each of the 12 to take a stone, and when they got to Gilgal, their base of operations for, for uh, taking uh, the pro promised land, the place where their, their military strategy would be planned, the base of their operations, the site of their coming together, their preparing themselves to enter into the land God had given them. God said at that place, you will stack these stones. And when you stack those stones and uh, uh, you put those stones that'll be, that came from the riverbed of Jordan, that this will be a memorial to the people of Israel Forever, even when your descendants are, are asked by their children, what do these stones mean? You can tell them about the mighty power of God and what God did in drying up the, the Jordan just as he dried up the Red Sea. And uh, when you look at your Bible, you'll find that memorials are very important. Memorials are brought up many times throughout the, the, uh, the scriptures and memorials are important to, to us today. I find it interesting that in our culture, in our country, how many memorials have been destroyed in the last two years? And yet we've forgotten some of the history, some of the heritage 
of our very country, the very very roots that hold us together and the very uh, uh, truths that, that hold us and put us in time. Um, we, uh, we, we love memorials, though. We love to go to a place where we have a, a memorial. You say, oh, preacher, if that weren't so, why is our land scattered with cemeteries today? We want a memorial. We want a place to be able to go. We want a place to be able to remember. We want a place to be able to find comfort. We want a place to, to find that, that heritage. And memorials are, com are, are comforting. We go to Washington, D.C. We visit the memorials to, to Washington, to Jefferson, to Lincoln, and uh, meaningful to us. Some folks, I always find it amazing every time I drive through uh, up there in Marion. And I drive through and I see the Harding Memorial. And you, you might go, I, you know, I don't see as many people maybe as were once there. But I always find it amazing that it doesn't seem to matter when I drive by, there's somebody always there. One of our presidents. And in, in the memorial to, 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 uh, to the president, I, uh, I was thrilled to hear. I know that uh, uh, in the last week they've just resumed doing the trips um, for our veterans, those that have fought in a war, um, and the monuments that we have in, in Washington. And uh, they have been taking um, it. Uh, I'll get the right name here in a moment. I didn't. I don't have it in my notes. Um, but uh, where they're taking those folks who have served, they served at different times, and now they're uh, they've served. They've taken folks from obviously World War II and uh, and Korea. Now they're taking folks from Vietnam, going to see their memorial. And uh, I hear. Uh, uh, I know one of the folks in in Delaware that does that trip and. And they do several of them. Actually, they told me uh, this past week they've done 93 of those trips. And uh, what a blessing to get those folks together and uh, to get folks together. Folks that don't, won't talk about war with anybody else will talk, with war about, talk about that war with one another and begin to tell stories that families haven't heard in 40 and 50 years. And uh, because of what they've, they've been able to do and, and spending time together and seeing those men uh, and, and women begin to heal. So when we begin to see those memorials, they have value. Well, I'd ask you, does this building have a memorial for you? I think it's kind of funny. Some of us, we don't really think too much of it. Um, but we have an old stone from the previous building that sits out front here. The old stone, it's the old cornerstone from the old brick building from the building before this one. Now, Jocelyn, you can't imagine a building before this one. That's hard to do because this building's been here longer than I've been alive, been longer than Miss Heather's been alive, and it's been here longer than Miss Heather and I's age put together that's a really long time. I love you too, Caden. <clears throat> I remember you. And we can put your age with the two of us, and it still hasn't reached the age of this building. Yes, and yours too. I look and I go, wait a minute here. But what are these stones? What do they mean? Joshua's coming up to the river and he has some piccolo stones out. What do they mean? After all, 
this is uh, not the dwelling place of God. God dwells everywhere, and God doesn't confine himself to a temple built with man's hands or the hands of men. That's not what it, So why, while that's true, and, and it's also true that, that we uh, have a, a sanctified place, that we have a, a consecrated this place, that uh, we've asked God to honor this place, use this place, bless this place, um, it's our prayer, it's our hope that this building will stand as a memorial to the, the acts of God until Jesus comes back. But these stones have a primary meaning, and the, the primary meaning is this. There, there are going to be 12 stones that called the mind of the descendants of Israel, and it reminded them that they're a special people. Children of Israel, you're a special people. You're a special people. They're, they're people brought up out of Egypt. They are people that came out of the wilderness. They, they are a people across the Jordan River. They're a people to whom God gave the promised land, and the land that was given to them came only because of the intervention of God and the mighty power of God. So these stones, they have a primary meaning. They symbolize the great act of, of Israel's faith. And, and uh, when they finally said, we, we will wander in the wilderness no more, we're tired of the, of the desert diet. We're tired of the desert existence. We're, we're tired of dwelling in the desert and depending upon ourselves. And when they crossed the Jordan, it was symbolic of saying, we're leaving the old life of wandering in the wilderness and we are going to enter in and take possession of every inch of the promised land that God's given unto us. This, only, uh, this will happen uh, only because of our dependence on God and our faith in God. If, if we don't have that, then we, it's not going to happen. They would, should remind you of something significant that takes place. And it's very simple. It's our salvation. It ought to show that says, wait a minute here. It ought to show us that they, they remind us of, of that relationship. It, it ought to remind us of some mighty thing that God has done in your life and mine. What do these stones mean to you? When your children ask, what do these stones mean? What can you tell them? Well, I'm going to give you an opportunity to, to think about it and, and uh, give a, uh, ask several questions and, and uh, particular statements apply uh, uh, to uh, as, as we work our way through. And... Uh, we can say, I know that in our church, I know there are many of us that have asked Jesus to come into our heart to be our Lord and Savior. I, I know that to be true. And, and uh, how uh, we might go like this. I, let's see how many of us can do so. How many of us have done that? Ask Jesus to come into our heart to be our Lord and Savior. Woo, isn't that fun? Look at that. You go, There's it, there it is. And uh, so uh, these stones mean to you salvation. Those, to uh, you and I, you remember the time when you confessed sin. You were convicted by the Spirit. You gave your life to Jesus. You were born again. I could say, ask this question. How many of you were baptized? How many of you followed the Lord in baptism? And there's some folks that those numbers go, you go, wait a second. You know what? These stones could represent baptism. See, baptism is that first step of obedience. That's following the Lord. And uh, that first step of obedience saying, yes, Lord. And, uh, and you uh, give witness of your faith. You, you give witness of the fact that you say that I believe that Jesus was buried. And he rose again for my sin. I believe that. So just as we are, are there, you remember this place following the Lord. 
Maybe believer's baptism. Maybe somebody would go, well, I remember joining a church. See, and we could go through the various pieces of, of those stones and identifying some more of those stones. We're going to get to some more as we go, go to it. But, but as you look through the old, the events, I think it's kind of funny if uh, you give me a minute and I, I take ourselves on a journey, just like many of you, you didn't get saved necessarily here. Some of you, you got saved in another church. Some of you got baptized in another church. Some of you uh, joined another church. Some of you, um, see, I, I, I can take you to. I can take you to the place. And I can tell you, I guarantee they've changed that place greatly. Big time. I, I can take you to the place that I asked Jesus to come into my heart. I can take you to the, the baptistry. I don't know how much they may have changed that area too in that church or that building, but I can take you to that place. It has a meaningful place in my heart. It will always be a tender place to me because I remember I also met my wife there. I met my wife there. Some of the most, <laughs> better make sure I say this correctly, most meaningful days of my life were spent there. Did I do good? I was being good. <laughs> but as much as I tease about it, it's the truth, though. There are some stones in that building and some, some, some times that happened in that building that, you know what, I can't ever forget. I'll never forget. And we look and we go, the primary meaning of these stones, there are also spiritual meaning to those stones. Those stones commemorate a life of a, a, a commemorate to live a spiritual act in their life. They realized there were more than more uh, more to the Christian uh, life than drudgery of walking around in the same tracks, doing the same thing uh, day after day or year after year. There was more to the Christian life than going through the routine or things of duty. They realized they had more of them, so they crossed the Jordan River. The Jordan River is symbolic of death. In, uh, in this case, death to self, death to the carnal way of living in the wilderness, death to dependence upon self, and entrance into a victorious Christian life, whereby our life is, is meaningful because everything in our life is the plan of God. You look and you go, there, there's, there it is. We realize that God's plan for life is not to be defeated. It's not to be in doubt, not to, to, to let the circumstances of life determine our joy. But our joy in Jesus and our life is in Jesus. We can say, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. I can look and I can go, there he is. I, I'm there. That's what these stones mean spiritually. You're to never forget that time when you were first filled with the Holy Spirit, when, when God moved your life. What an exciting time. These stones also have a practical application. The practical meaning of these stones, well, it, it is that God has given us certain memorials in our life that cause us to remember him every day that we live. See, in Peter, Peter uses a figure of speech for the church. He says, you are living stones, a spiritual house. Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone. He's saying there are stones in your life that, that your life is to be a memorial to the power of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the life of Jesus everywhere we go. 
Paul said it like this. Know ye not that your body is not your own, that you're bought with a price, and therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Every day that we live, we're to be a witness like these stones were to witness to the nations all about, to the power of God in the life of his people. Everywhere we go, everything we do is to be a witness to the lost world, Jesus, and, and, and our life. God gave us baptism as a memorial. Baptism is that outward act of an inward significance. We're not saved by baptism. We're saved by the blood of Jesus. But baptism is not optional. Jesus commanded water baptism for every one of his followers. See, when we're baptized, we're remembering Christ died for our sins and, and was buried. We're brought up out of the water. We're saved. Christ is risen and lives in us forevermore. The Lord's Supper is like a mound of stones that God has given us. Remember Jesus uh, and uh, when, when we take the Lord's Supper... In the juice, we remember the blood of Christ. In the bread, we remember the body of Christ. That Jesus laid down his life, the life that he gave on Calvary. God must know that we are a forgetful people. Forgetful people. See, you know, today with people, it's not, what have I done for you, but what have you done for me lately? Christian people a lot of times will say to the Lord, Lord, what have you done for me lately? Well, God, I know you saved my soul back there. and Lord, I, I know that uh, last year you answered my prayer, but God, what have you done for me lately? I think, oh my. And so God gave us another reminder, a pile of stones, by which to remember him and his mighty acts and his power and his, his love. You know what it is? It's it's the tithe. Do you realize that's another stone? Our tithe, our gift. See, it's every time we, we give the, the tenth, the, the tithe, the tenth part to God, it's a reminder God's the owner. It's a reminder that, that we were saved by things more precious than, than money, by the, the precious blood of Christ, the lamb without uh, spot without blemish it's it's a reminder that you uh, uh, to us that, that we are, are not to walk by sight but we're to walk by faith and the tithe's for everyone we can't afford not to tithe the tithe's that constant reminder you think God gave us the tithe because he he doesn't have enough I always think that's a funny statement God doesn't have enough God has plenty God has plenty. Now, I will make a joke about the church. church never has enough. <laughs> God always has enough, though. It's amazing how he takes care of his, his ministry. It's amazing how he takes care of his church. And he does it through his people. But again, that's another stone, another marker in our life. Another one of those things we can look at and say, There's, there it is. And he gave it for our benefit. What would it be like if we never came to church? 
What would it be like if we never heard the word of God? We'd dry up spiritually. We'd begin to dry up spiritually. We, we cannot live apart from the fellowship of other believers. We cannot exist apart from the life of Jesus Christ and the word of God. So God gave the tithes. You realize every time we write out the check, we're saying, Lord, I believe you. I walk by faith. I believe you'll meet my needs. Lord, I love you. And it's a small way that I give back because all of you've given me. Put it down. Basically, uh, uh, put it down. And when we don't tithe regularly, biblically and scripturally to our Lord, we forget the blessings of God. And we forget how he's blessed us and how he's granted us, how he's given to us. I thought it was funny as I was preparing the message and I said, oh, there's another one of those. I thought it was funny that I read the testimony of a woman and her husband was in a motorcycle accident. And she gave testimony just a couple of weeks afterward and, and uh, it was uh, her, uh, her husband had, tra had been tragically taken to heaven in that accident and she's left to raise some children and how God met her needs was she was sharing her testimony. And she said, I need God and I can't afford not to tithe. She said, I can't afford to miss out on the bless God's blessings. I'm a widow. I've got these kids to raise. If God doesn't help me and if God doesn't provide for me, I have no other hope. I thought it was interesting that as you read the entire uh, transcript of, of her testimony, you'd look up there and, and you, you looked at the, the entire thing, taking it in, and not one time, not one time did she... Ask any one person or any people for help. She just simply said, I'm trusting that God's going to take care of us. I'm trusting that he'll take care of it. By this memorial, it's to remind me that God saved me. I belong to him. My possessions are his. If I obey him, he will we'll walk by faith. God will meet every single need in my life. You know... What does it look like? I want you to notice this. Joshua told them to put those stones. They came to the Jordan the 10th day, in verse 19. And those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. And he spoke to the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these stones? There's coming a day when folks are going to say, what made a difference in your life? You know, what's the greatest thing that you and I both have? It's the testimony that we have for the Lord Jesus Christ. There's coming a day when the testimony that you have and I have, it's going to be spoken of. And I'd ask, you know, when, when they come to that point, when they come to Gilgal, there's those stones, and they're going to say, Dad, what do those stones mean? What's going to happen when folks come and they come up and they say your name? What did he do? What did she do? What's going to be said of us? Oh, that's a really good person. 
really good person. You know, I hope more than just a good person is said about me. I hope they say there's a man who loved the Lord Jesus Christ. That that stone is so obvious in our life. But it's easy for us to get distracted, isn't it? I mean, it is really easy. See, I think of this and I think of this portion of scripture. We went down to Hawking Hills a couple of years ago. We had little Jace with us. My goodness, Jace is a monster. Those of you that haven't met Jace, Jace is a monster still. But Jace then, he was even more a monster. We went down to Hawking Hills, and it was so much fun. Because as we went down to Hawking Hills, you get down there, and some of you, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about when you get there. You get to walk along the water edge. And you're walking along the water edge, and Jace, you know, he's Jace. And he jumped into the water. Boom! Right in the water. I'm thankful that he hit a muddy spot. He hit a muddy spot. This will make you laugh because when he hits the muddy spot, he sinks clear to his waist. All the way. His little legs, whoop, all the way to his waist. He's in there deep. And we finally, I had to get down in there and get him up out. And when I pulled him up out, he lost his shoes. Now I got to stick my arm down in the mud to find his shoes. By the time I got his shoes out, he'd already turned and started running in the water. Those of you who have been to Hawking Hills, you know that there are all kinds of folks that build those little stone things. Every time I read this portion of scripture, I think of Jace because Jason would come running up to that thing and he'd look at it and he'd go, boom, and knock those things over. Knock those things over. And there's two pieces that go through my mind. I think of Joshua's stones and I think of those stones that we build as idols. And I think of... Jake's coming up, and I go, whoo, to somebody that might mean something. And my heart kind of broke, but all day long, as we're running down the water, here comes another stack of stones, and here comes Jace, the bull. <laughs> oh, my lands. All day long, those things just kept getting knocked over. And I'm sure they're all built, different ones are built up now, and because uh, I'm sure there's another ornery little boy that's probably been through and knocked them down again. But I, in thinking about those stones, I think, you know what, they mean something to somebody. They took the time to figure out how to stack them. That's one chore in and of itself. But more than the meaning of putting a stone on top of a stone, what about the stones that we have in our lives? That we go, hmm, what do they have as a memorial? A place for us to remember. To remember who he is, what he's done in your life and mine. See, I, I think of Jason, I think of him knocking those stones down and I go, there's an example. But I also think of another person when I think of big things that are, are built up. Great big tall things. Because I remember I'd get in the pickup truck and we'd go for a ride. And as you're going through town, my kids hate it. I torture them doing the same thing. They had no idea. But I'd ride with my grandfather, and he'd point at a building, and he'd say, I worked on that building. And I worked on that building. And I worked on that building. And I helped build that building. I helped build that bridge. And you know, what did that show? It showed all the different places in which he did all those different jobs. 
the different pieces, the different puzzle pieces that he's done. You know, those are a memorial for him. And as he drove through the city, you could see all of those pieces and all those parts. And I don't know about you men that have been in different pre-pieces and different parts, but I have the privilege of driving through town, and I have the privilege of doing something very similar. I drive my kids nuts now. And I go, I've worked on that. I've been in that building. I've worked on that one. I've worked with those folks. You see the name on that building? I worked with that person. You see this one and that one. I torture them. Just like my grandfather tortured me. (laughs) But you know what? It's a memorial to what? This is how we help provide for you. How I help provide. You realize those stones? For Joshua say, God provided. He stopped the water. He took you across to the promised land. And oh, there's some victories that are about to come. There's some joy that's about to come. Because those victories, those stones, they're to be a memorial. They're to be a remembrance. All the days of your life and the days to come, those days ahead. That when your children and your children's children. I've always thought the Bible was interesting when it says that about your children's children. I can only imagine that Ray Leah has trouble imagining her children's children. Your grandchildren, your grandbabies. My goodness. See, Raylia might have trouble imagining that, but there are some folks in this room that go, oh, that my children's children would see the relationship that I have with Jesus. And they'd glorify my Savior. That there would be stones in my life that would demonstrate to them I find the Bible goes even further than just my children's children. In several places, the scripture says to the 10th generation. And that makes me really go, ooh, uh uh-oh, Lord, Lord. (laughs) To the 10th generation. See, because I know that my my kids, they're not going to remember the buildings I worked in. Yeah, no way. My grandkids? (laughs) They're probably not going to remember either unless they get the privilege to ride through town with me and I get to torture them. My great-grandchildren? Whew. There's good probability I may never even have the privilege of meeting them. But how about my great-great-grandchildren? If we're going to put a stone out, Joshua says these stones are why that we'd remember what great things God has done. Why we're here. You know, why do we have the memorials that we have across our country? It's to remember why we're here. We could turn this into a patriotic message if we wanted to. Woohoo! You know, the reality is, is, a, is the fact that our country needs to remember the memorials we have. Where we came from. Why we even came here. that the Civil War was after the American Revolution. (laughs) But you know, as we walk through those privileges, those pictures, 
those monuments. That's why they're there. It's to help us recall what great things he has done. And then what great things he has in store for us as well. Let's pray together. <clears throat> Father God, we thank you for the day. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace, who you are. And Lord, I thank you that we can see these 12 stones. Oh, we could probably give a name to each one and, and have some fun with it that way. But yet, Lord, the reality is those stones are to be a memorial to remember, to dwell upon, to recall what great things you've done. Lord, for the children of Israel, they could say we walked on dry ground through the riverbed. We walked on dry ground through the Dead Sea. You provided for us in the desert. And we could go on and on and what great things you've done. Father, for us, we could go through and say, look how you've provided. Look how you saved us. Look how you changed my life. Father, help us to celebrate. Celebrate our salvation. Celebrate who you are. Celebrate what you've done and what you're going to do. Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.